0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. That's why I I stress the importance of library, public library, uh, because it is an access for free reading materials. We, the bookshop, is basically one of the part of the ecosystem that can provide that extension of the library. Mm -hmm. We are not a library, but we are the extension of that library. So in that sense, we see how Tintabudhi will be going to operate our businesses,
1: Hi, I'm Ahmad Fuad Rahman. Welcome to Night School, the show where we talk concepts, theories and society. This week, we are joined by two bookstore owners and the idea of the bookstore in this day and age, or rather the independent bookstore, to my right is Abdul Nazi Haris Fazila. Yuran Tintabudi. Yep, that's currently at Zongsang Building. Yep, in KL, which is uh, at Kampong Atap, very very interesting space. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We also have the person behind Bukuku, which is, you know, you're featured at various events and festivals and forums, but you also largely operate out of Facebook, and you can take orders uh, yeah, from there. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, you are Muhammad Nazrin Jaffar. Here I am. Welcome to the show. So let's start with a basic question right now about your businesses, right? What is it that defines you you as an independent bookstore and what sets you apart from others? Because I know that currently both of you actually provide very curated titles, right? You have very specific, how would you say, uh, a very specific catalogue. So tell us a little bit about the philosophy or the idea behind your stores.
0: For Tinta Budi, basically the, the very first idea of opening up Tinta Budi, it's, it's basically to share my reading list with others that have a similar interest in what I'm reading at the moment. And then it, it moves towards trying to provide a cultural space, a space where people can come, discuss, buy books. Although we are selling books, but it's not mainly on selling books, actually. It's more towards a uh, spaces that can be used by a certain locality. So in that sense, it's a mixture of a cultural act and also business in a way.
1: Right. So you sell books but the goal is not just to sell them, it's to foster a kind of discussion, discussive space about the intellectual topics. Yeah. yeah. How about you?
2: Okay, maybe I should start. I think it's a bit personal for me. Because first of all, if you ask me, I don't really show whether I want to make it full time at first. But suddenly I jumped into the world and, you know, became a full time bookseller. And it started back in two thousand I think twenty fifteen. So, actually, I was a frequent visitor of bookstores. So, I go to bookstores everywhere. There is, if there's any, um, you know, bookstores in shopping malls, so I go there. I was a frequent visitor and I look at the collection of the books. And suddenly, I realized most books available in the retail bookstores, it's not really, you know, up to my standard. Or it's not really up to something that I really look forward. So, and then I started the idea of having an online bookshop. So it's basically we started with, you know, I'm actually letting go some of my personal books and I'll try to bid on the market and see if there is any, uh, you know, buyers or customers going in. And then I realized that, you know, I keep on receiving feedback from the customers saying that you have a good collection of books. Mm -hmm. And that is where I started to, you know, go full-time on it. And I realized something that actually, if you really want to be a good bookseller, the important is you actually, you really need to know about the book. Mm -hmm. So when you know about the book, so it's not that you go to the people and the people will come for you and they will say that you have a good collection of books. And that's how I started.
1: Right. So it's largely out of personal interest. Yeah. And you realize that... You wish the books that you like would be more available and you realise, well, why don't I do it? Yeah. And so far it's worked out. But what are the kind of books that you feature just so that our audience can have a better idea of what you provide? So I understand Bukuku is heavy on vintage books, right?
2: Yeah. So, it's actually, it's quite new for me because, uh, you know, I collect books as my personal hobby. Maybe some people say that this is a very expensive hobby. You collect books and you could hardly find time to read the books that you collect. But I then started to realise that actually, you know, sometimes when you go and look at the vintage books, not many people know about the existence of the book mm-hmm. So suddenly they say Oh, we have this book We have this book Back then in 1960s, 1980s You have this book But how do I get it? Mm-hmm. And then I um, started to think Maybe I could, you know Doing some studies to see If there is any bookstores Most of them It's not really in Malaysia So we have to like do posting And what we do in Bukuku Press, You try to source some of the books It's no longer in the markets It's out of print But if we can find the book And then the task for us Is actually to give to the customer So actually they can enjoy reading the book that they really wanted
1: Right, so uh, vintage, out-of-print books uh, And as a researcher myself I know how Mm -hmm. frustrating it is to get those books Because we have top-notch research on Malaysia That goes out of print after the first or second press, right?
0: For me, mainly Tintabudi sell books on philosophy, literature and arts So mostly because I think the way we do our business Is we try to for me, we try to specialise the book titles that we are familiar with at the moment because working on a small-scale business, it's hardly in our capability to have like a, a whole range of titles in mm-hmm. a whole range of genres. So it's basically practical in that sense. And it's also we try to focus on the depth of the title in each genre. In terms of philosophy, arts and literature, we try to scour a couple of titles that might not be in Malaysia or might not be in print or might be neglected in terms of uh, reading public. Right. So, yeah.
1: How much of a risk is all this though? Because people are talking about how it's the age of ebooks and, you know, books can be very expensive and people rather just download their PDFs. So what is the thought process that led you to say, well, in business terms, this is doable?
0: I think the first instances that I think that it might uh, going to work uh, we don't have a lot of bookshop in Malaysia, especially in Kuala Lumpur. We have the the usual suspect, the chain bookshop that basically sell the the familiar titles and mainstream titles. Mainstream too. titles, and we don't really have that independent bookshop that we might can find a lot in other major city such as London, Melbourne, or New York. So, in that sense, it gives us a head start in terms of trying to navigate in the business sense. And I think people still read physical books although i think back in five years ago there's a rhetoric that ebooks will take over Mm. physical sales but it's not happening at the moment and there's a report that physical books are gaining momentum in terms of selling so i think there is a certain human quality in reading physical stuff although we are not that kind of books that really are basically uh, throw away the the technological advancement in terms of uh, our convenience, but we try to provide that kind of human touch. And yeah, it's a good thing to have physical books that you can grab and read.
1: Yeah, I like that, how you emphasize the, the human touch of reading, right? Because reading is a tactile experience. You're bonding with an object. And I think we both can, I think all three of us can relate to the fact that walking into a bookstore is an experience. You're not necessarily just buying a book. You're getting to know who's selling it. You're getting to feel the space and the sort of curatorial feel of the the shelves or whatever. So sometimes I just go into a bookstore not having any idea in mind. I end up buying two or three because just being in the presence of that space is already like a positive thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're around ideas, you're around curiosity, you're around like the whole process of like growth and learning, right? That's what bookstores are supposed to represent. And you don't quite get that in the big chains, how about you? What was the business logic behind it? Because, like we all know, it's not easy to start a business. What more a business that's, you know, uh, built on vintage books?
2: Well, in my opinion, it's quite simple. You do something that you like. Because it stick a while for me, because I collect books. I didn't know that I actually have this kind of expensive hobby. And I do realise that, at the end of the day, if you do something that you really love, you're really patient, so, you know you can actually beat everyone because you know that stuff. So, you know, I started it as a hobby and suddenly jump into a full-time and it made me realise that, you know, when you do something for patients and then, of course, you would somehow go for the quality of the books. That's why you see that. Why you know when you come to the physical books? Why people really look into the physical book? It's not really about the materials or even the the idea behind the book, but it's more about the quality of the book. Mm-hmm. You can hold the book, you can smell the book. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that most of people, you know, if they really like book, the gist of smelling book is something that I think you can't really explain about it. It's something nice to actually smell the book. So, in Bukuku Press, so yeah, of course, we started by, you know, selling our personal collection and suddenly we realised that actually there's a number of people are looking, you know, they might be like-minded or they want to try to read something new but they need a head start. Mm. So, this is where I would somehow would like to highlight about the, you know, the important or even the prospect of being a bookseller. Because as a bookseller, uh, we need more interaction with the with the buyers of these customers. Because at the end of the day, they would ask us, So, why do you like this book? Why do you read this book? So, as a good bookseller, you can actually tell about, Okay, what is the idea about this book? And why this right. book is actually, you know, might be suitable for you or not suitable for you? And, you know, when you know about your stuff, you can easily explain to them. And, you know, it yeah. can bring like, you know, the you actually can get more customers and actually you can make friends with them. Yeah,
1: yeah. because you're not just a cashier yeah. and the customer just doesn't want a cashier. Yes, correct. Uh, having a bookseller who is passionate like you allows them to relate not just to the book but the whole experience, right? Now, this is all well and good but it's quite an open secret that uh, well, it's not even an open secret, it's quite well, a well-known fact that the independent publishing scene is struggling, right? Because I think there was a boom two years ago about indie books and indie writers but I think the honeymoon period is over now so they're struggling. Do you foresee then challenges down the road despite your your good intentions?
0: Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that most of the independent publishers struggling are basically, they're like a good discussion point actually. So yeah, you can put your books in the chain bookshop or chain retailers, but you have to have someone that can sell that bookshop. The big, big chain bookshop, basically they have a lot of titles in their hands. So they won't be focusing on your book to sell them. So i think in that sense we need to provide more point of distribution in the country uh, not in just in Selangor, even in other states in perak or Tengganu or pahang we have to have more independent bookshop that is small in sizes that, but they they can navigate it swiftly mm-hmm. in terms of the, there's not much in terms of trying to change business model or, uh, or this or that but they can provide that point of distribution to the independent publisher in that sense that's what I see what's been missing in terms of the ecosystem of basically book selling Mm -hmm. so we have a publisher we have a couple of publishers good publisher but we don't have that good point of distribution Mm -hmm. so yeah I think in the future if there is more independent bookshop that will operate, it's good for the ecosystem in terms of Malaysia. Yeah. Speaking of
1: that, is this largely an urban KL-centered phenomena, this growth of interest in reading? Or do you sense that it's a bigger nationwide thing that we have to tap into?
0: I think it depends on what, because I think there's a politics in books. There's politics in language of uh, the books that people buy. So we see English books, maybe cater uh, mostly on the urban uh, area. And the Malay books cater mostly more on the outside of the urban um, milieu. So in that sense, it depends on also the title of that particular language. So you see that more important or more interesting titles are in English language medium. We are lacking in terms of in Malay language.
1: And Tinta Budi, which ones do you stock more
0: of? Uh, We stock more in English. So yeah, in that sense. But I think there's a need in terms of to get more titles in Malay language because half of the population still reads in Malay, mm-hmm. in that sense. So, uh, there's a couple of publishers that are doing a good job in terms of introducing good titles in Malay language, which have to be supported in that sense for them to keep on producing good materials.
1: Right. How about you? I mean, your reach is largely online, right? So, are the inquiries coming from all over the country? or What do you sense? Is there a pattern there?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, a bit here and off. Because I think we could hardly anticipate the trend of the online business because sometimes you can get like many orders in one point and sometimes you take a week to actually get an order but my point is there first of all I think by doing online business actually it's open up uh, possibilities for you not only to cater the market in Malaysian market but you actually you can uh, somehow expand your market uh, beyond the borders of you know Malaysia you can go to the Indonesia because in my personal experience because I have been dealing with customers from Singapore or even from the US to the United States and in Europe as well, but the point is actually when you really know the quality of the book, and this is something that I would urge to all the booksellers to know their stuff. I keep on telling that because when you really know your stuff, you actually you can create your own customers. You can create your own market instead of uh, relying on the the, the the existing ecosystem of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, what I said, sometimes you know when the customer approaches you actually they don't know what to buy but they really want to buy something because they want to experience something new but if you can give them like a value added about this book what you should really need to read this book and it might be suitable might not be suitable for you but you can give it a try so they would start buying so when they trust our judgment of that book they will keep on coming to us and then they will tell their their friends okay you you can buy a book from him why because he knows his stuff he Mm -hmm. can recommend you some of the few books maybe you should start reading and this is how we can actually inculcate the culture of reading by you know by give them more options, recommending something new for them. And that's how it works, I guess.
1: That's an interesting point in that I think all avid readers can relate to the element of surprise of finding out about a new book or a new author. And then uh, that helps when you have a good bookseller who knows the stuff. But let's take a pause right now. We'll come back to this discussion, the second part of the show, about independent bookstores and their cultural significance. I'm Ahmad Rahmat, joined this week by uh, Abdul Nazir of Tinta Budi and Nazrin of uh, Bukuku. This is BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, you're listening to me, Ahmad Faq This is Night School. We are joined by two booksellers running independent businesses. The first is from Tinta Budi. He is Abdul Nazir Haris Fazila and uh, Muhammad Nazrin Jaafar of Bukuku. Both know their stuff. Both are really, really invested in making sure that they're providing critical books for the Malaysian public, and I recommend you look up their enterprises. Now, I want to go beyond the business side of things to look at the philosophy behind it in that books are a part of the democratic process, right? In that ideas come from writing and this is basically what you provide. Um, To what extent do you see your work as a political act or a political service or a political intervention into the way in which intellectual discourse is developing here?
0: For me... I believe in two institutions that I think inculcate that propagation of knowledge, which is one is basically a government institution, which is the library, the public library. And the second one is basically a bookshop, be it either independent or multi-chain bookshop. The first one is in Malaysia, because when I first went back to Malaysia, I tried to go to every library that I can go to, to see how they are doing in terms of book collection, in terms of people in the library, in terms of what activities are being done in the library. So in that sense our library is not doing that well, Mm -hmm. in that sense. Because we also have like their book collection is not better off than a book collection from maybe a library in rural area. Mm -hmm. So it's a problem in that sense. The access to a free reading material is not there. And it is compounded by also with the lack of independent, uh, lack of bookshop, mm-hmm. we're not talking independent or chain bookshop. Uh, bookshop Just in, general. Yeah, in general, in general. Yep. So the two means of people to have an access to knowledge is lacking. So it's a problem because the circulation of knowledge is not there. So we can have like the public institution which can provide that free access, which is good. If they can improve that one, it's better. And we we have to have that other side of it, the business side of it, basically a bookshop, mm-hmm. be it independent or chain bookshop, that can provide more materials outside of the institutionalised uh, institution. Mm-hmm. Basically, we know that library has their own books that they want to cater to the public, so some of the books might not be there. Mm-hmm. So independent bookshop or bookshop can cater that book that is lacking in the public institution, which is, I think it's a symbiotic relationship between a bookshop and institution, basically library. Correct. So and,
1: and in a lot of ways... The symbiosis is healthy because a library can't have the same title for everybody, right? So for me, a lot of books I ended up buying was because I actually experienced them in the library first. And I realized, well, I want this for myself because I've actually spent a lot of time with it. So I'll get my own copy. But I leave this copy for somebody else who can enjoy the same thing I did, you know. So I like it that you draw that connection between public libraries initiating that process and then bookstores, ideally thought-out,
2: curated bookstores that can provide a continuation of that reading experience? Okay, in my point, I would like to start with a critique of the concept of a bookshop. So, this was when you know I got the opportunity to visit some of the most prominent bookshops in Paris, in London. You know, the Bloomsbury area in, in London, of course, Shakespeare's and Company in Paris. And then you realise something that actually this is something that we could start initiate in Malaysia to have like a bookshop, not only as a bookshop, but it's more or less like a concept where you can get serious readers, writers assemble together and discuss ideas and see how we can actually uh, contribute towards the nation. And it happens. Uh, You know, look back at the history because, you know, the Paris Revolution started in the university era in the Sorbonne and Sorbonne known to have like one of the Best bookshop, secondhand bookshop in Paris, so it so is, this is the May uprising Yeah, right. and I think you know, bookshop plays an important role. First of all, in terms of the varieties of selection that you have, yeah, and then you know, it's not really a bit political. It can be non-political as well. You know, people can choose whether they want to read something fiction. Uh, you can read something non-fiction, or you want to be more serious, reading philosophy, cultural stuff, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, the point that I would like to emphasize is the interactions. Because uh, my critics toward the existing bookshops, I'm talking about the retail bookshops, uh, not really on the independent bookshop because we can see that there's a trend that the independent bookshop is now thriving in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to the retail bookshop, the interaction is almost dormant. You mm-hmm. cannot find, you know, the booksellers actively enjoy talking to each other. You should read this book. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read this book? Because it might not suitable for you. It's a bit core, something like that. You cannot find it here in Malaysia because mm-hmm. when you go, once you enter a bookshop, it's all about you and the book. And when you go to the counter, you're going to ask, sometimes they don't even know. I don't know about this book. Eh? Maybe I can check back. And that's suddenly they don't even actually know about the author, some of the author that they can actually, avail- I mean, uh, some of the book that is available in, the, in their bookstops. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is, yeah.
1: That made me think of my regular DVD seller. I, I don't know why that example <laughs> just made me think. Because I go to him because yeah. he watches the movies. He can yeah. tell me what's good. You know, I think the similar, <laughs> similar rule applies here in that you want to buy from somebody who knows their stuff, whose judgment they can trust. Uh, does Tinta Budi aim for the same too?
0: In terms of interaction, we have, quite particular interaction with our customers. Although we have a selection of books that we try to provide to the locality, in that sense, to the people that came into our bookshop, we also ask for them to to make a suggestion on what books should we bring in, in terms of titles. Because at the end of the day, you, as a person, you don't have time to read all the stuff. You have to basically try to ask judgment from others that might are well-versed in that particular area. So we can provide or we can relay that that knowledge to other people. And that also, going back to what we do to our space, we did a couple of like book reading, we did a couple of discussion um, fortnightly on a couple of books that maybe is neglected in terms of reading public. Such as? <sighs> Recently, we did book reading on Lukács, George Lukács, so on writer and critic. We also did a book reading on Jacques Maritan on, I think, the intuitive intuitive interaction or something. Mm-hmm. So, we try to bring those, maybe it's out-of-print book, or maybe it's hard to find book, but the discussion in that book is important in terms of in our situation also. It has that that relevancy that can be discussed. So, we're also trying to bring a new book on discussion. We did a poetry reading on Ocean Vuong, a uh, contemporary poet, and we try to discuss on what's the specialty or what's the importance of this poet in terms of now the contemporary situation. So it's a mixture of doing book selling, discussing and pin back to what I'm talking earlier on the uh, idea of cultural spaces, which is not just a uh, retail business space, but it can provide that nuances in terms of cultural propagation in certain locality. Yeah,
1: A cynic might just say this is just a vanity project, right? Because at the end of the day, if you really are serious about doing the things that you're saying you're doing, you want to aim for growth. You want to be bigger. That means you got to think about branding. That means you got to think about getting bigger loans maybe, right? More ambition. So how is this not just you, in a way, having a hobby or something like that. You know what I mean? Because mm. it, it's I like it, don't get me wrong, I'm on the same page, but this is business FM after all, mm. so they might be pushing that angle. Like, what is your, say, five-year plan? Because if it is as important as you're saying it is, right, you're trying to inculcate discourse, you're trying to build new relationships. There are pretty much intellectual relationships, right? Books I learn by, like, what is the bigger sort of ideal you're, you're chasing?
0: In terms of tintabudi apart from selling and buying books, we also did a couple of exhibitions around books and the stuff that we, we are thinking of maybe publishing in the next maybe two years, one year. So the <coughs> bookshop space is one of the parts that we are trying to fit into our philosophy as a whole. So in that sense, I think the spaces are important because it provides the first instances of trying to inculcate this culture of reading, serious reading or serious books reading. So, at least when we want to go jump into other part of the business, like let's say publishing, you must have that that already uh, public uh, readers. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to publish a book, if you don't have that general reader that would read your book, it's pointless. So, in that sense, it is a first step in terms of more business ecosystem in a way.
2: Yeah. Okay, uh, for Bukuku, so basically right now we are in a period of incubations of you know, publishing a new magazine. So, the magazine is a bit... It's not like a typical magazine where you have, like, stories about, uh, you know, the book here and there. But sort of like doing a mapping on, you know, what kind of books really influence certain people in certain areas. So, we luckily we have, like, certain partners to work with to do, like, a book mapping. So, we're uh, going to, like, study the demography and to see what kind of reading. And then to get them better, well-informed by, you know, by hopefully they're going to be, like, in a... Twice a month, so we can have like okay the books like more or less like you know we would provide them with the book of the week or something ah, like that. Right, so book buying is a
1: form of consumption. Granted, yeah. it's inconspicuous, right? But it is part of the growing middle classes with their consumer experience. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, balance that between? You know, on one hand, knowing that these books can only be accessed by people with certain means, right? Because books are not cheap, vintage books especially, and you have a bottom line to worry about. And the fact that you have all these plans, right? Because on one hand, it's very inclusive. On one register, I can clearly see where you're coming from. On the other hand, it is also exclusive in that not everybody will know about Jacques Maritain, Mm -hmm. right? And not everybody will know about Saeed Hussein Ali's thesis or something like that, right? So they probably would have had significant background education-wise, class-wise, so on and so forth. So is there a conflict there or how do you negotiate that contradiction?
0: Mm. Yeah, I think we have to acknowledge that buying a book is a form of privilege, Um, Whether you want to democratize it, you want to make it basically the access for all. That's why I I stress the importance of library, public library, Mm -hmm. uh, because it is an access for free reading materials. We, the bookshop, is basically one of the part of the ecosystem that can provide that extension of the library. Mm -hmm. We are not a library, but we are the extension of that library. So in that sense, we see how Tinta will going to operate our businesses, and another part that we are trying to look, we also buy books from our customers. So, because the circulation of secondhand books in Malaysia is not that high, so people tend to, to basically, not give out their books easily, the serious book especially. So it depends on a certain events that they might think of giving away that, those mm-hmm. kind of books. But we ask our customer if they have a book that they don't want to read anymore, and if they think that it should be circulated in that sense. They can just come to us and show us what kind of books. If it suits what we are trying to sell, we take them. So in that sense, we can drive the price lower. Mm-hmm. So the, the, most of the second book that we sell are basically lower than the new books that are in the market. So in that sense, we are trying to give that uh, leniency of access to people with not that much means of mm-hmm. acquiring books but can have that and can buy them. But as long as the readership is not growing we can't really provide that kind of price point that may be suitable for much more lower classes. Right. But we are moving towards that. As long as there's much more readership and there's much more buying books, there will be much more people who will give out books which can sustain this kind of pricing that mm-hmm. we are looking into. Right.
2: Well, I agree with Nazir because he made a good point. I think there's a close interrelation between libraries and bookshop because at the end of the day, you know, when people go to the bookshop, they couldn't afford some of the university press publication, of Definitely. course. It's like 100 bucks for one book. But I think that's the role that has to be played by the bookseller is actually by recommending a sort of books that they need to read. For example, we have like the 10 best Malaysian publications. So maybe the role of a bookseller, is, uh, you know, other than selling books, they can give some sort of recommendation. Maybe they should start like this 10 best book about Malaysia and give it to them. And then when they go to the library, it's not like, okay, I want to go to the library. I don't know what to read. Right, so because right. you they already have like a list of reading material that they should really get.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that a lot in that. Nowadays, largely because of the internet or largely because of the growth of political discourse, critical discourse, it's not easy to know what's out there. And it's not easy to know, secondly, if what's out there corresponds to what you're thinking. right? And for that, you need a bit of sometimes trial and error, You a book that starts off well, fades off into kind of boredom, or a book that doesn't look that interesting or isn't as popular, turns out to be really good, right? So that process requires discourse, right? It requires yeah. a lot of interaction. And again, I think, You're stressing the the importance of the bookseller in a very interesting angle there, right? To just uh, not just tell them what books are selling well, but what they offer in terms of certain style of thinking or window into certain topics and stuff like that. Yeah, Um, what does the reading future in Malaysia look like, especially for this sort of discourse that you're cultivating? Like, is there a future for independent bookstores?
0: I think there is in terms of Malaysia because we. As compared to maybe a developed country, Western country, it's saturated already. They have that number of leadership. But in Malaysia we are growing in that sense. There is a growth. Even in Southeast Asia there is a growth because there's a lot of people that that are shifting towards the means of buying, the means of education, those kind of stuff. So positively future there is a growth. But how you tap in into that growth, how you navigate in that growth is depends on each bookshop each independent bookshop. Sure,
2: sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's a bit different at this point because I think there's always a number of readership. It's either, you know, last time when you see at the period of 80s, we have like a good number of readers. Most Malaysians read, especially those who, you know, uh, they are bringing, they manage to get into the to, to the middle schools and then the high schools and then to the universities. And I think it, it is also correspond to the level of literacy rates. When there is an increased number of literacy rates, so people would actually opt to read. So it is not about a matter of, you know, growing. Because I think in the book market, it is something that is not really going too high and suddenly skyrocket up and then suddenly down. It's not like that. It keeps on, you know, normalising everywhere, every time or even during the 80s, during the 90s. Maybe we can see that this is growing, but it's not really that large.
1: Yeah, but I mean Mm. more, not just in general, but I mean more for the kinds of books that you Right. Yeah. do you still sense that in the coming future people are going to pay extra for vintage books do you, do you feel confident about that
2: I would say so because first of all you know it's a number first vintage books out of print so when it's out of print so of course the number would be skyrocket mm. it should be much more steeper than before why and it also depends on what type of books if you know the, the author is really good you have like GRR toolkit uh, you know the first edition might cost you like uh, 10 thousand pound why because it's J.R.R. Tolkien right. same goes to Malaysia we look at some number of the great authors for example the prominent philosopher Shet Nagib Alatas even the prelude book of Shet Naqib Alatas can cost you like one thousand mm-hmm. ringgit so it all depends about you know the author itself it's not really about the book because I believe in any country anywhere in the world if there is a good author it's either time whether they can actually emerge during their time or maybe after they died right any concluding thoughts before we wrap up
0: yeah, I think although it's been uh, quite a quite difficult year, I might say it's not all rosy <laughs> in that sense.
1: Well, you mean two thousand seventeen? Two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Through are through, uh, in January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I think on the positive side, I still believe in Malaysia. There's a lot things can be done as compared to other developed countries. You, yeah, you can go move to um maybe so you can have a nice life or have a, a comfortable life. But at the end of the day, you want to see changes in terms of leisure and in that particular area there's a lot of things that can be done small or big it depends on what your interest is
1: yeah i teach right now well i've been teaching for a while but every year there's a new batch of first year second year university students and they're very very curious they're very active googling looking for books looking for discourses ideas about culture and tradition and at some point, they're going to be looking at what you're offering, right? Mm -hmm. So when they talk to me, I say, well, I recommend Bukuku, look them up, I recommend Dinta you know, because they're precisely that young generation of curious Malaysians who want to know more about what's out there in terms of ideas and what's out there in terms of the work that's been done in their own countries, right? And this is where vintage books come into play, right? In the sense that downloading doesn't just do it for them. They want to Mm -hmm. bond with the ideas. And this is where I think, like you said earlier, the physical experience of... You know, cradling a book, right? And feeling a certain closeness to the author that way is something that the new generation is still looking for. So in that sense, I feel somewhat optimistic about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, my concluding thought would be I would foresee that income indicates. So, you know, books is something that has to be celebrated and it will be celebrated by more people, more readers. And at the same time, I think this is the most important part. We can see that there's a number of serious booksellers coming in into the industries. And they are not like a typical booksellers who don't really know about their stuff. So we are, you know, creating not only in the ecosystem, not only creating or get more readers, but to get more booksellers know about their prospect of being business. I think that's good. Because when the booksellers know about their market stuff, so they don't have to go to the market that they don't familiar with because for example you are a graphic designer but you decided to open a bookstore so you might actually become a bookseller for graphic books because you know what are good Mm -hmm. for for the graphic designers so I hope in near future we can see that there's more booksellers actually take this point it's very important to grow and I hope maybe this 2018 will be like a good year to start with I think you're right in that it's becoming a a movement quote-unquote
1: right, of small booksellers they might not be doing it full-time, but they yeah. know that there's a certain satisfaction in providing this service and avenue yeah. for Malaysians. Anyway, before we wrap up, how do we get in touch with you? I mean, our listeners might want to look up your businesses so they can... Is there an Instagram page, a Twitter feed? Like, tell us your
0: handles. Yeah, we have all Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In Facebook, basically, Tinta Budi. You can search Tinta Budi. Same with Instagram. But in Twitter, it's Tinta underscore Budi.
2: Alright, uh, so we are, actually Bukuku Press is a full, we are online based so we don't have any bookstore yet But you can contact us through our Facebook, it's a Bukuku Press and also in our Instagram with the same name, Bukuku Press Yeah.
1: Okay, thank you guys, uh, you thank can you. email the show bfmnightschoolgmail.com Look us up on Facebook too, just type that on the search space Download our app, that's the Apple App Store and Google Play where you can follow BFM's shows Thanks again guys Thank uh, Abdul Naze fingers. and Nazrin Thank you very much For Bye. sharing so much About your knowledge And your experience I'm Ahmad Fat Rama, And this is Night School and BFM 89.9 The Business Station